0: So we want to go through some questions that little kids frequently ask. In case we have or deal with little kids, and even if not, it can still be useful for us to go back to some big and basic questions and think about them. So, one question that um, a little kid may ask, and that just to offer some some structure here and an overall perspective, we would say that, uh, um, as it concerns uh, answering the questions of kids. Uh, it's very important to offer clear, concise, simple enough answers that don't confuse the kid. And that means we have to be, uh, it has to be okay for us to say, I don't know. Because if we offer up some mumbo jumbo, we don't know what, what to answer. then the ki- kids are, are, are smarter than we think usually or frequently. And uh, consequently, that could create whole streams of thought that are not to, excuse me, the kid's benefit. Uh, we need. Uh, just like we need physical structure and consistency. Oh, you know, I had breakfast three days ago uh, in the middle of the night. I once had dinner. Like, no, we the, ideally, obviously, there's tough circumstances, but what we're shooting for is to have some consistency. You're sleeping in the same bed, uh, that regularly eating at regular times, going to school or, or vacation, getting up at at a reasonable time, going to sleep at a reasonable time. So it's the same thing. A, a kid cannot be exposed to. Ideas uh, haphazardly and and be filled with uh, with who knows what. It's it's uh, one of those damaging things that that we can do. Aside from teaching the kid to that being dishonest is okay, or not checking their dishonesty, and consequently we can have uh, especially now the internet. We see perhaps something that wasn't. That's frequent, tough to say, but kids that usually we wait till we're 15, 16, 17, 18 or so for our heart to harden, our mind to freeze over, for us to be rock solid in our uh, emotionally derived opinions. Usually it takes a little time, but now we see amazingly... Five maybe a little too early, but six, seven, eight, something like that already. Kids are sprouting their opinions, spouting uh, things they've seen on the internet, things that their parents have told them, and, and uh, combined with all kinds of things. So we have to remember that the key isn't for the, a little kid to be a philosopher or to have the answers; just to, the the questions, just to have. Uh, the the answers just to be curious right oh it's great to be curious why is it great to be curious right to be (laughs) not for its own sake maybe for something else but not for its own sake we would say for its own sake we need character development we need Ethical development, we need a foundation of mental and emotional health, consistency, stability. So that's what questions would be for and, and answers and not to encourage, you know, questioning for its own sake or or, or anything like that. So that's the idea. So we're going to try to offer some simple enough, clear enough answers yet yeah, that uh, could, could hopefully steer kid in, in the right direction. So one question that kids may ask is, what's the meaning of life? That's a question that as adults we rarely ask uh, because we've already our meaning is the pursuit of our desires and then i may or may not justify them by citing something other than that meaning right now i happen to be uh, pursuing my desire to get rich so that's the meaning of my life right now to could be good to give to charity. So right now, that's the meaning of my life. Whatever my desire is, that's the meaning of my life. And then if somebody presses me, I may offer up some kind of words that uh, are in some kind of association in my mind with something noble sounding or something like this. I want to give back. I want to be, you know, something. So uh, as it concerns (laughs) uh, the little kids asking this question, an answer that we can give is we can say that uh, whatever is the meaning of of your life and of human life in general, it can best be achieved by you becoming everything that you can be. If you become everything that you can be, you will attain the maximum possible meaning that is at least that is possible for you. So for instance, we can ask, what is the meaning of the life of a cow grazing in the field? And uh, whatever that meaning is, whether it is to enjoy for its own sake or to give the farmer milk, or maybe burgers, but <laughs> you can leave with the stay with the milk, leave it off of the milk, whatever that purpose is, the cow will reach that purpose by becoming everything the cow can be by being fed properly uh, by getting the good uh what is it grass fed the good nutrition in the grass and all of that if the cow does not become all that it can be if, if it's malnourished and uh, not given maybe enough grazing space. Well, then it'll, it won't succeed in its purpose in life as another cow will or would, right? As much as it could. Maybe it won't offer as as good a milk. Maybe it won't enjoy itself if that's what we say the point of its life is. But anyhow, whatever the point may be, it has to realize its potential. Whatever the point of a tree is, it's a little seed. Uh, it, the seed has to be in great condition in a great condition in great soil water sunlight and then the tree will be everything that it can be and it doesn't make sense to ask uh, 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 could concern ourselves with any meaning that is impossible or that has nothing to do with a given instance of of uh, uh, life for example can it, is it possible that the meaning of life for a tree is to be a poet we would say no all right because the impossible so there's no way that's the meaning is it possible for the cow to, the, the the meaning of its life is to be a Astronaut? No. No way. Right? For us, maybe, if we send a cow into space, fine. But for its own uh, self, it's not possible because it can't even understand that, that the concept space, so forth and so on. Uh, fine, if somebody can send in space, it will say, is it possible that its meaning is to be a, a, a physics professor? No, it, there's no way at all. Now, that can be its meaning of life. So the meaning of life, whatever it may be, for any given species is achieved when it becomes everything that it can be. When the tree grows it, optimally, when the cow Grows nice and plump as much, or as as healthy, and, and just so we would say to the kid, when you become everything that you can be, which you can do by working hard, by being honest, by be, uh, you know pursuing your education seriously, kindergarten, first grade, whatever it might be, by um, pursuing sports seriously if you're playing them, and, and you probably should if at all possible doing all these things right, you will achieve the meaning of your life, whatever it may be. All right. So next question, a very tough question that kids might ask is, uh, you know, about death. What's the point if we all die? All right. Um, Where did uh, granny or or grandpa go? And so forth. So how do we answer that. Here also, we want to be very careful. We can put horrible ideas in a kid's mind. We're depressed. We say, no, life has no point. You're going to die anyway. Uh, and that's uh, it's, it's a crazy, crazy thing to a kid. And obviously, should not be said. But what do we say to, to give a neutral answer that uh, would apply, uh, uh, that, that, that anybody can give basically and then modify based on particular things that are being uh, taught to the kid? We would say that... Um, you uh, can tell the kid, you know, you can get your hair cut, right? You've gotten your hair cut, cut your nails. might be a, a hassle to cut your nails. You don't like it, but we have to cut your nails sometimes. Uh, you, maybe you've lost already some baby teeth. Have you gone anywhere? Have you died? Right? Uh, have you disappeared? The kid says, no, of course not. So we would say that death uh, uh, applies to that which dies. Your teeth die, the baby teeth, that your hair Dies when it when it gets cut off. Your nails die when we clip the nails. But you are not your nails. You are not your teeth. You are not your hair. And you're not all of that combined either. All right. So don't worry about it. Death will will uh, will take what belongs to it, and life will take what belongs to it. All right. So that's an answer that we can give, and uh, we can apply that to to Granny and and Grandpa as well. Granny and Grandpa, or or Aunt Uncle, whoever else. Lived in in your heart, right? In in, in your mind, it wasn't their body, uh, and uh, they're still there. Their body's gone, but they're still there, right? The the same love you had for for them continues. And it's also a good opportunity to teach a kid the difference between uh, oneself and one's body. And this is said without making any uh, deeper implications as to the, the nature, the ultimate. Uh, nature of things. Just the common sense point that it is true that when we get a haircut, we don't die. The common sense point that we can even get half of our brain removed and by all accounts, uh, or the unity of our selfhood remains. And we, you know, we can even function. We can be a, a, a person. Once a fellow that came into the doctor, I believe it was with, with headaches, is a very well-documented medical case. Nothing, uh, you know, that that's just uh, hearsay rumor. And uh, said he's headaches, but a, a normal kind of well-adjusted man with a family, a job. Did a scan, uh, th- uh, scan his head, and uh, there was hardly any brain in there left. Uh, to, uh, it was a virus ate most of it up. There's some, some uh, lining uh, of the skull, and all of this. And the guy had a lower IQ than usual, headaches, this that, but he was able to function. So we see, we cannot say again without making any kinds of uh, philosophical claims here, just that strictly from the empirical evidence. We cannot say that the man was synonymous with his brain. Now that he had whatever percent less of of the brain, there's less of him. No, we can't say somebody loses an arm. A leg, we don't say that 75% of a person, 50% of a person, no. There's people, no arms, no legs, torsos cut off, short or whatever, whether it's congenital issues or or a bomb in war, maybe we be spared, all that kind of stuff. We don't say there's less of a person. So in this empirical, clear way, we we, we cannot say we're the same thing as our body. So we can teach that to a child early on and say that, you know, aside again from any kinds of further philosophical, philosophical, Issues, uh, death applies to that which dies, such as the body, such as the nails, such as the hair, and all of that. Uh, uh, all right, Next question. <laughs> uh, the, the kid might say, you know, little John or little Jane is scary and mean on the playground at school. How do we address this? And one thing that the instinct here is immediately to say, uh, uh, you know, oh, it's not your fault. They're mean. They're such a bad person. Uh, uh, little little uh uh johnny little jane little bob bill alice they are uh you know they're really bad they're, or maybe their their family is is really bad and 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 yada yada you should you should uh you know you shouldn't feel bad but um here we might offer that the smarter thing to do is to uh, use this as an opportunity to teach a kid that that, that the nature of our intent is always the same and it's always positive meaning we can only do things because we think they are good we can only do things for good reasons and that includes even mean little Mike or um, you know sad little no not sad uh, cruel little uh, Catherine no <laughs> not to pick out those names it includes even even those little kids they do what they think is good maybe little Bob is going through a tough time at home and wants to act out but we want to encourage the kid to consider the motive, right, to consider the motive and consequently uh, 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 not to be truly intimidated or traumatized uh, or scared by the behavior of others, right? Also, uh, a kid can see somebody on the street doing something crazy or on TV or something like this. So we take this as an opportunity to explain that uh, even though everybody means good, not everybody is equally perfect. This is what appears good to the person. Do you remember how you acted out? Do you remember how you said something mean? Do you remember how you had a tantrum? Maybe even gave your mommy, daddy caretaker a smack. You remember that? Right? So now it's the same thing that, that that when you see somebody else doing that, you just see your own motive, right? You remember how you wanted a toy, so you begin to scream, but you don't see that the other kid uh, maybe isn't feeling good. So you consequently, they appear mean and scary. But if you remember everybody means good, then they won't be mean and scary. Also applies to the scary clown at the circus or in the movie, Remind the kid that it's just a person with a, with a clown face. They mean good as anybody else. It applies to the scary animal, to the scary shark, to the scary tiger. Every form of life can and does mean good. Strictly good. Period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. How do we explain, but wait, what about this 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 uh, bad guy, this uh, this bad girl again, we, we remind the kid not everybody is equally perfect, not everybody uh, understands what is truly good for them and we'll be surprised at the level of understanding that a little kid can have maybe, depending on development, six, seven, th- these concepts can probably probably be explained, if not potentially earlier, if we really clarify it to ourselves, and we can really convey these ideas in simple, uh, clear speech, maybe even earlier, we can teach the child and consequently the child, hopefully she'll grow up with a unified outlook where it's not that I'm the good guy or girl and whatever I don't like in myself, I see in whoever doesn't treat me perfect, in my teacher, in my friend, in my neighbor, in my fellow student and somebody from, from uh, the Internet, they're all bad, I'm good. No, we see everybody as fundamentally good, as meaning good while remembering that obviously that which appeals to a person in, that that is not exactly perfect might be an awful thing, and we have to prevent that. Obviously, we lock our doors and we give uh, bad guys and girls a smack as needed, for sure. But it doesn't change the nature of of the, the inner reality herein. All right, so next thing, uh, the kid might say, I don't want to do my homework, my responsibilities. Why do I need to do them? Why do I need to go to school? Why do I need to fulfill my responsibilities? So here, one thing we can do is just to say, just do it. Don't ask questions. But again, we want to teach the kid to to, to think and, and to, uh, to kind of uh, 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 do things in, in a purposeful way. We, we could explain that. Again, remember, your goal is to be the best you can be. Your goal is to realize your potential. Your goal is to go from being a little seed to a big, tall, mighty oak. For go- going from being a tiny little creature to a great adult, to a great human being. And for that, you do need to work hard. Now, the homework you're doing, it might it's not for its own sake. We don't care when the War of 1812 was just to know when the War of 1812 was. That's not the point. What we do care about is is your development. You need to develop a mind. You need to be educated so that you can have a great life later. That's why you need to do your homework and your responsibilities. You have to have discipline. If you don't have discipline, you're going to grow up to be a lazy, impulsive uh, little animal. And we don't want that. You don't want that either. That is why. Now, we've explained it. It doesn't mean magically the kid is going to say, okay, great. I'm going to do all my homework, do all my responsibilities. But if we can succeed in explaining the kid will understand our motive in forcing these things onto him or her. And consequently, even if the kid fights back, that in the back of his or her head, it'll be, it'll hopefully be clear. And we obviously have to return to these themes again and again. And hopefully that'll prevent the hatred. That'll prevent to the parent. That'll prevent resentment. The kid knows that, he, that truly it is best for them to, to do their homework, go to school, to fulfill their responsibilities. Even if, again, a part of us obviously never wants to do anything. But hopefully we'll be able to or the little kid will, will uh, uh, develop in an optimal way therein. And what else do we have here? Another question is, uh, are we wealthy? Are we rich? Is a, is a question that a, a kid might ask. So here, we can explain to the kid uh, the nature of uh, 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 of wealth as it concerns its, its relativity. So we can say, if, let's say that I give you $5, right? And you are very happy with the $5. You wanted just a, a candy for $1 and the $4 you get to keep, right? Now, uh, uh, your, your buddies. Uh, 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 mom or dad or caretaker gives them $10. But they wanted something for $20. They spend the $10 right away and they still want something for $10 more. Who is wealthier? And the obvious answer is, you are, right? Because you still have those $4 and you're happy. You have the $4 and the candy. The other kid spent the $10 as $0 now and also wants something for $10. So we see here, we explain to the kid that wealth is relative. It's based on our desires. It's based on what we want. It's based on um, what, uh, uh, and how we spend our money also. So we can say that we have enough to get what we want. And if we don't feel that way, maybe we should work on our own view. Right? And, and that can include earning more money, sure, but that can also include uh, working on limiting our desires because our desires are infinite. If we have $100, we want something for $100. Chances are we have $100 million. Same thing, 100 billion, same thing. Now, it is true that if if we've made it our game to acquire wealth, it becomes simply a sign for our success in business or and, and things like that, potentially for some people. And then, yeah, what we're really after is the success in, in business. And, and it's a sign that, that we know what we're doing. But still, then our desires are, are there, right? But our desires in general are unlimited. Uh, if we're healthy, honestly, and that's how, that's how it's supposed to be. Right? We always want something. Now, obviously, if we can succeed in transferring those desires to our development to our uh, de- deforming ourselves properly then that would be that might be optimal but if we don't we're going to externalize all of those desires and want more and more material things we want to conquer more and more if we For a warlord, or Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, somebody like that, more and more money, more and more property, more and more, more and more, more. Because we're externalizing that inner drive, which we would say is infinite, that has no limit. We're applying it to the outer world. So anyhow, we can work on that in ourselves. But even if we don't feel that way right now, we can explain to the kid that the number one thing in order to be wealthy is to control our desires. If you want to be a good person. And, and that's your passion. Even if you have $1, you're going to be very wealthy because your desires are going to be concerned with, with doing the right thing if you do not care about yourself in a, in a true way. You don't want to be a good person. You don't want to be honest. You don't want to do the the right and true thing. You can have uh, billions of dollars and you will not be wealthy at all because you're going to want more and more. It'll mean nothing to you. You're going to get used to it. Uh, and it's just like the kid with the $10. And so forth and so on. Also, good opportunity to teach that we we, uh, should uh, be very careful not to be jealous of anybody else. We should be grateful that other people are successful and thankful that somebody's doing better than us. Just like we wouldn't want somebody uh, that we're better off. Then, and certainly, unless we're the worst off in the world and everything, somebody's worse off than us. So we wouldn't want that person being jealous of us and rooting for us to fail. Would we? We wouldn't want that. It would be very nice if the person could understand we haven't had it easy either, as much as it might appear from the outside. And consequently, please, wish me wish me well. I would really appreciate that. So it stands to reason that we should also wish a person who is higher on the rung of success, however we define it, wish them well as well. So this is an opportunity to say... Uh, we we have more money than some, unless we don't, right? But the, but chances are we do have more money than some. We have less money than others. And uh, think about that. There's uh, maybe however many. Don't want to give a number, but the vast quantity of people living on a tiny tiny amount of money per day throughout the world. Uh, there, there's people that don't have access to electricity. There's people that don't have to w- walk for a long time for, for their water. So we're very grateful to have what we have. We wish the best for everybody. We're very happy that there's people that have more than us. And as long as we can control our desires, then we will be very wealthy no matter how much money uh, we have. All right? So that's an answer that we can give there. And let's see what else we can discuss real quick. We can um, address... We can address a common thing, which is the question of divorce. The kid asks, why did you leave mommy or daddy? So here, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. We have to view it from the child's perspective. Uh, maybe we had uh, two parents growing up. Maybe we didn't. But if we speak to kids, we'll see that kids naturally perceive their parents as a unit. As opposed to thinking uh, that there's, there's one parent, there's another parent. There's just two adults that came together and... Uh, and do their thing, and they they sometimes like each other. Maybe they don't. Maybe they right. Just two adults. A child views uh, the, the the parents. As a, as a unit, as a single whole. So consequently, it is tremendously traumatic for the kid, generally speaking, for that whole, th- the fracture. It's a, it's a bizarre thing. It's like I thought uh, mommy and daddy were one thing and now you're, you're, in, you're going separate ways. It just doesn't make any sense. So we have to be very careful how we talk about this. We can say, we can try to explain if the child is mature enough and can handle it, we can say that... We are, you, you, you know, your your parents and, and, and we love you and uh, that, that can never change, that, that will never change. And yet, at the same time, uh, think about how, let's say, I'm your mommy, right? Think about I go to work. Am I the mommy to the people at, at work? No. Uh, I'm their co-worker. Maybe I'm their boss or will be their boss, but I'm not their mommy, right? So I'm also a person. I am your mommy that nothing can change that, but I'm also a person. Your daddy's also a person. So consequently as 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 your parents, we still are your parents. nothing has changed as people we uh, uh aren't best friends right now, for example, think about you had a, a friend maybe that you're no longer friends with right it's okay it happens so as people we kind of are are not there uh, uh, are are no longer on the same page, or, or we got to phrase it right, obviously, we got to figure it out how to phrase it right, but something along those lines, but as your parents, we're still just as much your parents as before, we're just as unified, or uh, just as much of a unit as before, we love you, that's the most important thing. Now, Obviously, there's very many variations of uh, family issues and, and family conflicts and the, the tragic reality is that not everybody that has kids is uh, a perfectly formed, a perfectly well-adjusted adult that really truly wants the best for his or her kids and uh, is willing to, to, to love them and accept them and raise them properly. And, and for, consequently, we have to have a, a, a overriding commitment if we are in a position to to uh to, to speak to a kid to to uh set them on the right track, no matter what the circumstances are maybe there's no mommy or daddy maybe it's it's uh it's, it's you know where's daddy he why did he leave me why well, he doesn't you know he doesn't uh i go to him he ignores me oh there's so so many situations but if there's a, a parent or guardian that really truly cares about the child and is and is willing to explain things to him or her and, and set him or her on the right track, we hope that uh th- th- kind of uh, the the best possible outcome can can be had in, in each circumstance. Right? Um what else do we have? Um uh <laughs> We could say that uh, now. Let's say the kids ask about, or, or the kid asks about adult issues, about birds and, and and the bees. How do we address something like that? So here, likewise, we would say that preserving and protecting the purity of the child and the innocence of the child might be a priority for as long as possible. Now, it's easy in this day of of uh, the internet and social media to to throw in the towel, to throw in. <laughs> and, and quit and say, "You know what? no, let the child know about uh, things as they are from the beginning. No no restraints. It is what it is. Uh, you know what's the, what's really the big deal? Uh, I, I saw plenty of bad things when I was little, and I turned out all right. So here a key thing to understand perhaps is that the things that we see, everything that we see, everything that we hear, every experience that we have stamps us. In, a, in some way something in, in a smaller way in a bigger way but it stamps us in some way and it consequently affects permanently until we modify something at least our outlook of things I'm right so for example maybe at one time we, we said something extremely unwise to the child for example you are good for nothing or you are uh you're very lazy or you're stupid or something so to us it's just a, it's just a comment. we got angry right or or we uh, we lost our patience we said, "You're so stupid, but the little kid. Uh, thankfully, there's some little kids that would fight in them and they'll they'll f- fight back against these kinds of things, but many kids won't. It'll just sink in beneath the surface and the, the, the kid will be running a program. I am stupid. I am unworthy, right? So we think it's just one little comment. How much can it really change him or her? And yet it can have a tremendous, tremendous impact. So we say that, and this this includes the things that kids see, the things that, the, the interactions they have, the, the things that they hear. And if kids are, are, are filled up with garbage are filled up with inappropriate things going to then it will absolutely have a detrimental perhaps tremendously detrimental effect on the child's mental and emotional health and on their capacity to ever truly realize their potential and again it might be subtle because we we tend to stick to the superficial surface we talk to somebody how's the weather if a person can answer can say hi we say oh great person you know this person is good it's as good as anybody he said hi she said hi it's all hi the, the weather is great and that's it but we have to push beneath the surface we have to enter into deep Conversations with people to really figure out over uh, and hopefully over a long period of time, to, to, if possible, to figure out what's going on beneath the surface, how a person views the world, how a person experiences themselves and and, and, and and things around them, and all of that. And here we see that everything has a tremendous effect, no question about it. And that a person that was not scrupulous with, with his or her eyes and, and looked at anything and did anything simply is not. It, 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 at uh, the level that he or she could be at, if he or she was more careful. That is not to say with that that with efforts we can't change and we can't be be great. Absolutely, we hope that we can. But uh, we don't want to create the problem in the first place. So consequently, the priority here is not to explain something to the kid, that uh, truthful or not. That the priority is is to preserve and, and protect that that purity and innocence for as long as possible until the the mental and emotional. Maturity goes up to some extent to to where certain things can be absorbed and not have such a stamp, such an impact on the kin. So here we would say that uh, just like there's uh, there's things that we do in private and that nobody is supposed to uh, to, to look at except mom or dad, like using the restroom, shower, all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with other things, and that uh, we're, we're gonna have. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's no, it's not a secret. But uh, uh, you know, we we're gonna. Uh, we're going to talk about these things a- a- as you get older, right? Obviously, if we <laughs> if we put it in a way where it entices the child to ask more, to be curious, that's not good either. So we don't make a big deal out of such things. We simply say that uh, there's different things. You know, we don't talk about your... Um, retirement right now, right? Like my grandma, gr- uh, grandpa, we have one, they're retired. We don't talk about it now. There's other things we'll talk about when you grow up, right? We don't have to get into details. We don't have to explain things up until uh, a, a certain age, because again, we would say that that is the priority, So the, the purity and and, uh, and the innocence and all of that, right? And again, if a child has been exposed, uh, going to forbid to Inappropriate content which is easier than ever on the internet speaking of which filters super duper important putting on the internet filters the strongest possible ones that that we can limiting access to all devices putting on screen time if if it's available on a given device super duper important but if a kid has been exposed then we do want to talk through through it and say that uh, you know people uh, are again going back to that point not everybody's perfect uh, people do inappropriate, disgusting, awful things. The key is to get it out of our mind. is to is to not let it affect us. Don't don't be bothered by it. Try not to see such things again. Let me know immediately if so, and uh, and and really try to, to to talk it through to prevent it again from tainting the the inner kind of outlook and development. Of the child. So anyhow, these are some common questions uh, that, that kids ask and some some additional content. Hopefully, we can think about these things ourselves. And again, if we have kids, hopefully, we can have some things to say to when they ask questions. And if not, we can think about these things for ourselves. All right. Thank you for listening.